Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. And you're listening to Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Changing your world one conversation at a time. The show begins now. If you would like to see this episode along with other exclusive content, make sure you become a patron by going to our box number 512 podcast Patreon page where you can become a patron for as little as $5 a month. The link to the page is in the show notes for the show. So make sure you go on over there if you would like to see the episode in addition to listening to it. All right, y'all back to the show. Welcome to another installment of Box Number Five Show Podcast. I am your co-host Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. So let's get into updates. I will go first. Nothing, no really major developments since last week. Work is better. I'm working on a Supreme Court or a case is going to the Supreme Court. So that's been taking up a lot of my time. And Congratulations. I'm excited about that. Um still looking for a job after this particular job ends. So I had a couple of interviews this week. I'm hoping for the best. It would be really nice to know something as soon as possible, just so I can have my ducks in the order because I'm very that type of girl. But I'm just committed to finding somewhere where I where I fit, where I'm supposed to be there, and I'll have a good experience. Right. Also, right. also I've been more active on Clubhouse. So shout out to um the Clubhouse users. If you want to follow me on Clubhouse. Make sure you go, you can search me. I'm under TS Biggie Smalls. I really only come on there when it's like trans-related rooms. Mm-hmm. So I know Hope has conversations and Shia Diamonds have, has conversations. So I'm really only active when it's like a really, really, really hot trans conversation. And I've just been having fun um, kicking with my trans family, promoting the podcast and correcting whole happy niggas they try to act like they don't know what transness is or they don't know how to be allies for trans people so i just had fun and i'm thinking about starting a room and it's going to be called uh cis women who peg their men is a cultural appropriation of trans women and all right girl <laughs> that's gonna be a conversation right it was just like oh Shout out to everybody that came to my, I did like an impromptu Instagram yes. on, my, on my personal uh, page on Instagram, Brianna J. Esquire. And honey, we, it was a key. We listened to, we listened to, to old school R&B music that get, that was given like, this is a message for the trans girls that speaks to the trans woman experience. Y'all came in, we show out. I, I just slipped on some wild. We keep, we had fun. I'm thinking of doing it at some point this weekend, just lip syncing and kicking in. Shout out to my sister Stephanie, who went to Morgan State, another um, one of my sisters. And we just had a good time. And I got a really, really moving message from somebody that watched the live and said that that it really helped them about of a depression. And that's all I, that's all I really wanted to just create a vibe and create a space and for us to have fun with each other and for y'all to really get into my personality and see my likes. So we had fun. And then I feel like I did another live like the day before and it was me and um I went live with the Marsha's plate. And bitch, it was the fucking key cat. Like we, I was, on, we were on. Me and Diamond were on live from like one in the morning to like five in the morning, bitch. Just keying and talking about just the most randomest topics, and we talking about why um why we don't see any post op porn and go, the con the conversation. And that's Diamond is who inspired the um is it cultural appropriation when um cis woman pig. <laughs> peg their, their pieces because it's like Miss Thing that is our lane 
that's what we do. And if y'all take everything from us, what can we have as trans women? And y'all, y'all are in our life. So it bitch, we were just on there can bitch being drunk. So I really appreciate y'all for uh sharing y'all weekend with me. And we just we had a good time and I wanna have some more good times until we are able to be together in person again. So sis, what are your updates? Oh my gosh. So um, I have been um, really, really good. I feel like I'm evolving in my leadership um, capabilities. I feel like I'm I'm, 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 I'm on the beginning of new horizons. I feel like um, our podcast flow has been really, really good. Um, I know that some of you guys who are our Patreons, y'all are y'all are gonna get a good treat. Um, Brianna and I have been in the kitchen cooking. And that's been exciting. Um, to your point about Clubhouse, I have been also on Clubhouse, and I don't. I'm not. I'm definitely not as active as Brianna, but I pop in here and there, and I love listening. I'm more of a listen. I find that platform. I like listening. Um, but occasionally, I have gone on a panel or two, and I will say that it is. It's. 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 It's interesting. It's. it's to have like what we would ordinarily a conversation that maybe like at a conference, but have that at like a trans conference, like where we're having like inner community dialogue, but to then look in the audience and just see just random folk listening. It's just powerful because it also lets me know that people are trying to seek information, that people are trying to at least, at least try to engage. And I feel like what I love about platform is that platform is you can be a voyeur and get knowledge. I listened to, I sat in on a episode, a podcast, or excuse me, a room. I sat in on a room that was about hostage, um, FBI tactical negotiations. Girl, and got my life. Learned so much in, in general with people about how to negotiate and help people see alternatives and help them see what is better for them to choose versus the lesser alternative. So I, it was really interesting. And- um, Getting more holes than a fishnet. Yeah. <laughs> yes, bitch. Very bad. But, but, but for real, like I, I, I am excited for Clubhouse. I think it is gonna be a portal of knowledge. I feel like if I had money to invest, now's the time. I do feel like this is going to take it's a, And it's an excellent promotional tool. Oh, my God, it is. I feel like our followers on Instagram and just the interest in our podcast, especially when I get on the, the larger platforms talking about transness, like our, our follows go up and people are just drawn to the, the podcast, so... Definitely, definitely, definitely. And from that, I've reconnected with people that I've met that I knew professionally, and it's it might turn into a speaking engagement. So shout out to Clubhouse. Um, right. But yeah, that's my update. Just enjoying the internet, relaxing, trying to hold it in the road, being a businesswoman, a boss, as they say. You know, so you know it is what it is. But I don't really have a lot going on right now because of COVID. Um, I will be doing some travel soon, and. We'll see, but for right now, just chilling, just chilling. So before we get into our main topic, just want to remind y'all again that our year anniversary is approaching. And in lieu of our year anniversary, we definitely want you guys to email us written messages or one minute voice messages telling us how box number 512 podcast has impacted you as a listener and we will include them in our one year anniversary special that will drop around our one year anniversary so i believe the cutoff date to send those in is like sunday march the 15th and if you go to our, our social media page i'll be sharing the promotional flyer um until the cutoff date so make sure you go to our Box Number Possible podcast, Twitter, and Instagram pages. But again, send those letters, send those video messages to box number 512 podcast at gmail.com. That's B O X N O 512 P O D C A S T at gmail.com. 
our email is included in the show notes for the show. So yeah, we we have it, it, time flies when you're having fun, and it really does not feel like we've been doing this for a year. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's been a joy. It's been a. It's been one of the one of my crown. I will say already, just this experience of doing this with you, it's, it's going to be one of my life successes. Like I really am excited that there's this content this evolution of us as human beings out there in the world. So this is exciting. So to transition into our topic today, um, recently on social media and, and there has been, and so wait, I want to start with a greater, let's, let, let me go broader before I even get into the topic. Transitioning is an individual process that is very personal definitions and how one define themselves is individual womanhood and manhood shows up in the space differently depending on the human being that shows up and so as we go into this talk know that what we're not we're not in all saying what we're not doing is making our experience everyone else's experiences we're only sharing how we feel about a phenomenon that's happening in our community regarding transitioning and folks who transition, how they be when they transition, and then how inevitably some people detransition. So in social media this last week, there has been a bit of a kerfuffle. Apparently, and um, I'm not gonna use her name, but a known trans advocate has detransitioned and not detransitioned as in like quietly I've made a decision for myself and it's very personal like I was saying earlier and I have made this personal choice this person rather has detransitioned found become a black Israelite and in the span of a month is a man of God who has been given a calling to condemn transse- to condemn transsexuality and to condemn the evil perversion of his lifestyle that he was living before he became a black Israelite. And to the point where it's caused a rift in community. So he released a video and I'm saying he now because this person is detransitioned and they a man and we're going to call him a man. This man put up a video mansplaining about how our life lived experiences as a woman aren't real because he tried it. It didn't work for him. And while being a, a, a woman or pretending to be a woman is what he said he was doing. While pretending to be a woman, he was a liar. He passed HIV to people and didn't tell them. He was raped several times and enjoyed it because as pervert, he just felt like that was hot. He was a liar and lied to so many people in his life to get money for transition. He would, he prostituted himself willingly raw without telling people. And all of these, under the guise that she, he was negative. And all of these things he is blaming on his evil ways. All of his evil ways he's blaming on his transition. He did a lot of stuff in the wheelchair. Well, I mean, she's coming for us. But uh, he's coming for us. But he's peeled, completely peeled in the video. In his first coming out video, he's completely peeled. And he often is like letting sermons play. And it's like this real creepy, looking real sad into the camera while Sermon condemns him. And then he turns the sermon off and then starts saying, you know, horrible shit about community. And several other communities. So for those of you who are familiar and have and do follow the, the zeitgeist on Facebook, you already know about this story because Niambi Stanley and uh, Miko Hicks have also... Um, covered this so this is something that has really affected community I mean because this was somebody that as a 
trans woman or as someone that identified as trans at one time, the artist formerly known as trans, <laughs> they felt like they were the one judge other trans women for not wanting to have surgeries was very post-op or nothing post-op or bust now a part of the rumor mill is also that you know there's a bit of jadedness because there was an attempt to get a surgery and there wasn't much to work with to make the surgery work now that just might be rumor but that might be part of what the bitterness is i don't know but the problem, bottom line is, is this person is went from being an advocate, a pro-black advocate to now saying, oh, and saying we're anti-black. The person also goes on to say that we, black trans people, are anti-black because we're taking away from the black movement. So he's now completely the other direction. And I wanted to bring that into the space because this is not the first person um, in the history of transness to be transitioned. This is just the latest of a series of things. And a lot of people would say, this is bound to happen as we become more popular, as, as this experience becomes more intriguing to people, that we're gonna attract people that are doing it for different reasons. So I wanted to bring that to the space today so we could really, really unpack the transitioning, kind of like the experiences, but then also that detransitioning piece and then how sometimes those people what what we think some of the factors are that could lead to some of these people being this way and like being so anti after the fact. And so I open the floor to you, Brianna. What are your thoughts? Um, I don't know. I, I feel a couple of ways. I feel, first I feel that this person, so I haven't been on Facebook in a couple of weeks. I'm planning to stay off Facebook for a while. I'm actually planning to transition everything to Instagram. But I kind of feel like we've seen this before. Like, I, I feel like it's a real, it's popular for people to detransition. And I don't, I don't know. I don't want to come up with the reasons why this particular person detransitioned. Well, I do want you to speculate a little, sis. And the reason why I say that is because I know that there are people that say, well, I thought y'all said that this is who you are and as a thing. And so I do want you to, as a trans woman, speculate as to what you think could not necessarily for this individual. But well, well, for this individual, because I know who you're talking about, her transness or her, her conviction was very performative because I remember her and she and I remember a couple years ago when she got into it with this trans woman from St. Louis and she was just saying like, well, if you don't have a pussy and you're not on moans and you're not, if you're not doing this and doing that, you're not a real woman and your transition is not valid and yeah, I remember her. I remember her giving that. So I'm I'm just always mindful of girls that are very performative with their transness in that way because the second something doesn't go right or there's a hiccup or it's just a a circumstance of life happens, you see them detransition and not just and like you said, not quietly detransition but detransition and then demonize the community and then find refuge in like this uh, super Christian, like conversion therapy community. And they doing PSA and now, and um, this person is now a black, a black Hebrew. So I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like for her, it was very performative. I don't know. Because I feel like, this is how I personally feel about detransition. I feel that just because you detransition, that doesn't mean that you're not trans anymore. So just because, just because you physically aren't a transsexual or you don't, you physically aren't doing the things to keep up your physical transition, to me, you're still a transgender person. And we live in a we we live in a world that's hateful to trans people, and the reality is it it will be 
if you can suppress your tra- your transgender identity and you can navigate the world as a cis person, some pe- some people do that to survive or they do that because they want access to love or they want access to people or they want access to a community that's going to affirm them as long as they denounce that because because it is a hard life it's not it's not it is and it's more than just dressing up and just appearing and you just think people are going to roll out the red carpet for you because you're it's not that and it's not for everybody and I think now that it's more visible people want to try it and people want to play out but this life as a trans woman is not for everybody everybody don't need to do it so I don't know. I don't, for me, I don't feel any type of, like, it's not triggering to me because we've seen this, like, we saw this with um, um, formerly known as Riri Nicole, who now goes um, by Antonio Prodigy, and when they were first, when they first, detran- when he first detransitioned, it was like these sermons and how he gave his life to Christ, and then he has a wife, and, and it's just like, like, my, my thing is this, you can detransition because there's still people. There are trans women that detransition, and they they are still a part of community. Like you can detransition and not demonize the community because clearly you had to be safe at some point because you're not dead. You aren't trans and dead. Exactly. You are dead. Like you were able to get, navigate life and make it some way before you got to the point where you had to do transition, but. I'm just not about demonizing a whole group of people knowing knowing how hard it is for trans folks, knowing how hard for it, how hard it is for us to legitimize ourselves, and you are just playing into the status quo. And I I really don't like that, but I feel like our community should not be traumatized or triggered because one person or a group of transition a group of people that be transition that doesn't stop anything that we're doing over here with our movement with our visibility with none of that that i don't think we should be in danger we should feel like we're in danger of losing everything that we work for I'm, that that's simply not the case i think people should be allowed to detransition and talk about their experience what i don't agree with is them demonizing the community like that it's just it's just not necessary especially when you you are still a transgender person like you're not just because you detransition does not mean that you're like transgender is a feeling it's a state of being mm-hmm. so just because you detransition you're still trans you're just not a trans you're just not a transsexual anymore so and who's the, doesn't who, go anywhere no it doesn't no. And th- we l- let's not act like I'm not gonna say this person's name. Let's not act like this particular person doesn't have other um issues or identities going on. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're depending on other people or they're depending on systems. And in order to survive, this is what they felt like they had to do because mm-hmm. maybe black Hebrew Israelites are the people that they are around and who they're depending on for survival. So like we we I think we take for granted how circumstances can impact people's decision making. Sometimes stuff people make choices based out of circumstance. You know that's a very interesting nuance that you bring out here. Um, that the strategies that people have to do to survive, and that's why I started out with the preface that in no way are we trying to in any way in our conversation speak to someone's individualized experience from a place of judgment. Because no one knows what somebody has to go through to live. Nobody knows the set of circumstances that let, led up to the person's detransition. Where she had me fucked up at, though, was when you began to blame all of your bad, deplorable behavior on your transition. And I hate that that is an excuse that is given in Christianity for people to just blanketly write off all of their other bad behavior by saying the lifestyle I was living made me do it. And you you choose your experience, baby. As with anything in this life, 
this is a choose your own choose your own ending adventure. So you chose to be the type of bitch that would not tell people her status and, and knowingly do that. And it was from a place of vengeance, she said, because some, nobody told her. So it was on purpose. You taught, you chose to be the type of person that would lie to friends and steal from people and manipulate people. You chose in your testimony from what you told the world, this individual, you chose, because she's a follower of our podcast. You chose to be the type of person that is low vibrational. That's your choice. That had nothing to do with your transition. Now, some of the choices you made may have come from trauma as a result of some of the things you've been through. Some of those things that you did may have come as a result of things that you saw around you or things that may have happened in your childhood. Some of those things may that have happened that you, some of those things that led you to being that type of person. There are a lot of reasons why you were not a great person, but your transness is not what made you not a great person. You were not a great person is separate from you being trans. You know why? Because even now you're still not a great person because you took advantage of the trust, the advocacy, the sisterhood, the time, the energy that people put into you. You received all that energy and in return for a choice that you made and because of bad decisions that you made and the guilt that you have as a result of those decisions, you turn on that community and condemn us all to hell. Fuck all of the love. Fuck the support. Fuck the sisterhood. Fuck the time. Fuck the energy that we put into you. Now, it's all about you and the bad choices you made and why that you being a bad Christian or a bad Hebrew, Hebrew or Israelite, whatever you call yourself now, because you were a bad one of those is why we're all going to hell and we're condemned for eternity and we're firing brimstone and you're using the Bible to justify your behavior. And unfortunately you're getting a lot like Andrew Caldwell, you're getting a lot of attention from people in the cis world, in the cis Christian world, who want to believe that we are perverts. And you calling us perverts is painful. And that's why I have no mercy on you now when I say you're not a great person. Because you are labeling us with the label that you wore proudly. And now that you are tired of being whatever kind of Decepticon you were in your past life, in, in, as, a, as a trans, an artist formerly known as trans, now you transition to this boy and you feel like as a man now, it's my place to tell you, 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 you creatures, what y'all, what's wrong with y'all. And the tone of your messaging is evil. It is pure evil. It is not rooted in sanity. It is not rooted in reason or logic. It is purely hate. It is almost like this individual read off of a hate website, the bullet points that make us bad people. And then it's now spouting that. And that is very painful. And like Brianna said, it's not a judgment for you as a person, as a woman, for your choice to detransition. But what you won't do is get on the soapbox. Because what we here at Box Number 512 podcasts are not going to let you get away with is sitting on the soapbox of condemnation with the same listeners on your live. You sitting here with the same listeners that you gained off of our legacy in community. See, you were an advocate in the trans community. So you talking to those same listeners now, speaking poison, and we have to come against that. And that's why it was important that we had this conversation today. Because on a deeper level, on a deeper level, this also should be a wake up call to us in community. We need to be aware that everybody with access to the mic Ain't, ain't, I, ain't got our back. Your skin folk is not always your kin folk. Like what Brianna said, beware of the performative advocate. Beware of the person that is sitting around you condemning other women and calling other people not women. A lot of times that's rooted in the personal insecurity that they're projecting onto other people. So be leery of these so-called community advocates, anybody can have a mic. 
It just so happened that God aligned the stars for Aeon, the wonderful Aeon, to bring her wonderful talents to this podcast and for me to be here as well and bring in mind that we've come together to create this thing that is good content. But everything I hear ain't great content. And just because someone says they're trans does not mean they have the, they're rooted and grounded in the knowledge and the rationale and the, and, and, and even grounded in themselves as a person enough to speak for all of us. And so let that be a lesson to us as community as well, that we use our third eye with some, with some of our sisters that are stepping onto the mic. And that's why um, Aeon and myself, we're very, very careful about who we are partner with, who we align our platform with, who we communicate with really from this platform, because we're aware that we don't want to co-sign people that we don't think have the analysis or even the mental capacity to be able to speak on behalf of this community. Because we know that this is a mantle that everybody can't have. What were your thoughts, Brianna? Yeah, I just, yeah, I just, yeah, we, we had, I think people have the choice to not engage. Like, you have the choice, the choice to just not engage. Like, you could, I haven't seen any of the videos, but just from how you're characterizing this, it just doesn't seem like anything positive. And if, if the message is not positive and it's, the energy is not positive, I give myself permission to disengage and not entertain the message at all and like I said this won't be the first person to detransition I feel like they need to be the one to denounce the trans experience and to call us crazy she won't she won't be the first she wasn't the first she won't she won't be the last but like I said I don't think this is a slight to our community where it's going to damage the work but like you said we, we need to be careful about who we're platforming, um, who we're giving, pla who we're platforming, who we're giving opportunities to, who we're listening to. And really, because another part of the conversation that we discussed before we recorded is now some people are trying to, like, they're trying to do these, like, transgender legitimacy tests, and this is why we need to be sure of who's transgender. And the problem with that is the person that detransition is doing this fits the bill of who's the who would have been the most transgender and who would have passed your test. Like trying to police somebody's gender to make some to make sure that they're super cut or super passable or they're fitting the bills physically doesn't mean that people like this person that detransition aren't gonna fall through the cracks and be able to perform and be what you need them to be in order to uh, further your agenda. So I, I just want, I really want us to get away from, stop relying so much on the surface and what people look like and really listening to the heart of who people are and just moving accordingly from that. You're muted. I agree. I agree. I feel like, Part of what we got to do, and, and to speak just to, just to piggyback on your point that you brought up about um, policing. The only problem that, that I have with policing in the trans community and the way that the girls are going about it is that it still very much adheres to a to a physical surface look. It is still very surface in the way that they're talking about what defines a woman. It is still very patriarchal, misogynistic in the lens that they try to enforce the way they try to police femininity in community. So I, it is very problematic because we know that womanhood shows up in different ways. Women don't, there's no such thing as how a woman should speak, talk, act, and think. Like, and that's all things that we've been programmed to believe about what a woman is that, and that's part of the reason why people like this individual, I was about to say her name, people like this individual were able to mask themselves in our community. It's because we're not making it that this person is truly concerned about our real experience. We're making it that this person is saying all the right things. If you don't have a pussy, then this. If you maybe did it, if you're not taking hormones, you this. If you're not, I have had debates with this individual trying to police 
people who were not trans. And literally I brought up the point that the Western way that we transition is a privilege. That there is a large part of the world that has trans folk in it that don't have access to the Western medical care that we have. So for us to police transgender by on based on a medical standard, based on a surgery, it's stupid. Because what we do know is, is that trans people exist all over the world and they don't have access to what we have. So when girls like this individual are using that archaic standard that, that from the Harry Benjamin standards of care, which a white man created, a white man with probably good intentions, but it still had a bias on what a woman is and what they, what they should desire. And unfortunately, that narrative does not often work for minorities, particularly people of color, particularly Latin and Black folks. It does not work for us to have this standard that if you don't have a certain surgery, you're not trans. So tying that into this topic, this individual was someone that verbally said all of the things that the old guard trans folk wanted to hear. They said all of the policing statements that y'all are now using against her. She was a girl that used those same policing statements against other people. And so then she was someone that was upholding that same toxic narrative of we got a gatekeep. And while you was gatekeeping with her, the sheep was the enemy was around you. The point that I'm trying to make is, and why I was as said earlier, we have to be very much more careful and have a little bit of accountability. We have to be careful, like what Brianna said, who you platform. It matters that we kind of let somebody cook a little bit in this community space of us podcasting and sharing content. I think it matters that we let somebody cook a bit before we, everybody just not saying we don't support. I definitely think we should support, follow, like, subscribe, Black Trans Business. But before we start making people leaders in community because just because they have something to say, let's make sure that it's rooted in something that makes sense. Because even then, even then, I saw that this person was performatively saying these things. It was too extreme. It was just too extreme. It was right. like, essentially, no one is trans. If, if this is the standard of what you're saying trans is, then no one is trans. And so now that they're on the other side, it does not surprise me that they're now a zealot for the other thing. Be leery of the extremists in any direction. Because just like she was an extremist in the trans direction, She's now an extremist against us. And that is something that is a pattern that happens over and over and over and over again. And we only stop it because we control who we platform, who we share, who we allow on our platforms, who we engage with. We control that for those of us that are content creators. So this is just a, a, a heads up that we just need to just tighten up a little bit on how we, on how we trust people with our gifts. Because this is a man that infiltrated our community. Obviously, this individual is still trans. I'm calling them man. This is not a slight because that's what they say they are. Will die always was a man. Will die a man. Okay. So that's what you say you are, sis. It's not a read. Until you feel like you want to transition to get life again. And then let's talk about that. Now, that is a real thing, too. I would not be surprised if after the Israelites laugh him out of the synagogue. <laughs> if they laugh him out of okay, when they laugh him out of the synagogue, baby, he will he will inevitably be in a place where he will remember the love that we gave, the time that we gave, the energy that we gave, and he's going to come back. And then he's going to be empty-handed this time. Because unlike last time, we now have control, more control of these mics than we ever have. And I'm, and this is on not just this page, not this, this, this platform, but there are other platforms out there. We all see you now, baby. You can't come back over here. Stay over there, sir. I know you're listening. Stay your ass over there, and we'll be all right. <laughs> so I know to, today we have a more progressive politic on people who detransition in community. I can be honest and say that in my early years of my transition, I kind of was scared of people that detransition 
Like it was, it, it's like, it's like, it's kind of like one of them things, like how your family treats you when they find out that you're trans or queer and it's just like, we don't talk about it. Like it was, it, it was kind of very like, we don't talk about it or we just don't acknowledge those people as people. Um, <laughs> no, no, like I'm, I'm serious. Cause, cause like some of that was rooted in like, I had the idea, like if, if you get platform as somebody that detransition, it's going to delegitimize my transness or it's going to like that whole thing of you being you is going to make my plight harder, which is rooted in white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, politics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't, I, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to lie and say that starting out, I had the most progressive politic on um, people who do the transition. And then I had a couple of people, um, one of my close girlfriends who I was cool with, who was just like, Miss Thing was real as rain. She came to Pride one year and she like fully detransitioned. And that was just, bitch, it gagged the fuck out of me. And then I remember it was somebody in Baltimore. Um, um, I can't remember her name right now, but she was like in the ballroom scene. She was a commentator and Miss Thing was real and had body but she was also very um sierra but she was also really religious and then i would just remember one day she just detransitioned and she was she came as a boy and like now she's cock diesel and then i remember she was working with my um trans mother and i i remember like she was making small stuff because even though she detransitioned she still had that like girly pop pop right (laughs) but like now you're giving me like muscular bitch queen and I didn't know how to take it and I remember like I remember talking to her but I couldn't look her in the face and part of that was because I was attracted to her and her boy form like the boy form but then hearing the voice and then knowing that you used to win grand prize for realness for femme queen realness like it was like it was just like, but then it was like, why am I feeling this way? Like, why am I like not acknowledging? Because even though he do transition, this is still a person. And clearly this is a person that's still in our community. So, you know, I've definitely had to work through my issues around people who do transition. I think me realizing that we do live in an anti-trans world and it's, it's, for some trans people, it's just harder for them to get along and make it. Like, and some trans people, they just get one L after another L after another L after another. So I can I understand why somebody would want to do Because like I said, everybody thinks it's glamorous and it's titties and body. And, but it's, it's a hard life. Even when you're successful at it, even when you're reaching for the stars, it's still a hard life, especially if you don't have like family support and the right people behind you. So I can definitely empathize um, with people that want to do transition. But like I said, my empathy stops when you start doing all of that religious, like ex-gay ministry um, type shit. And but I've definitely grown empathy, and it's even gone to the point. Me and my girlfriends have had conversations like. Well, if somebody did transition, but they made the decision that they're going to be male, like, would you date that person if that person was like, you know, I'm interested? And I'm gonna be honest, girl, I'm, I, I don't have a definitive answer on that. I don't have a definitive answer on that because I'm gonna feel like you, my sister, because I'm gonna feel like you're gonna be able to relate to me too much and that's going to make me uncomfortable bitch because it's going to be like like you have an inside job situation and I, I don't know or like it's going to make me feel that when we were both girls you were secretly trying to make me and <laughs> like like I, I'm still working through like could I date somebody that detransitioned that's presented I don't know I just feel like there's still an opportunity that you could transition back if the world gets a little bit easier for trans people. Yeah, no. Um, 
Absolutely not. Unacceptable. I'm a, <laughs> and now that's just me coming from my old school. So now I'm a little older than Brianna and still working through a lot of my politics on certain things. And that's just being transparent. Um, not that I have a judgment particularly for any particular individual. I get it, like you said, on the academic level. Um, but yeah, no, it's gonna be a, it's gonna take me a moment, sis. If you if somebody were to detransition, it would take me a moment to kind of not not if they were a loved one or someone I cared about, it wouldn't take me a moment because you I love you. It's it's already ingrained. But I'm saying, like, in the case of like a community member, yeah, it's gonna take me a moment before I could just embrace you like that. Because I wonder at a certain point, particularly for the people that kind of hit you with the, now I could see, now if it were the situation where the person was, um, I guess the word I want to say is if the person was scared or upset or because of family, they had to detransition. Okay, okay, girl, I get it. I get it. I still consider you my sister. And low key, if you want me, I can still call you your pronoun because how you express is not who you are. So it's not that I'm having an issue with girls that aren't expressing. My concern is, is when you now have detransition and not that I don't trust you, but there's a part of me that will just always be a little, I have to get to know who this new person is and if you were the person that you were before. It's interesting because I completely understand how when people at the beginning of our transitions have to go through a process, I'm not going to pretend like I would just be... It's going to give, did I ever really know you? Yes, 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 (laughs) yes, 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 yes. And I don't necessarily want to keep the same depth because there's a way that I, there's a way that I be with my female friend that I would not be with my male friend. Right. And you cannot, there's a, there's a sisterhood that you're no longer a part of. And our relationship would be changed. It would not be the same. And I guess I can't, then I, I don't think my politic is going to change on that. I don't think that, I think sisterhood is sacred. Sisterhood is a thing. The experience of being a woman is a thing. I am not a transgressor of gender. I very much not in my for my own choices personally. I'm just not that's, that's not that's not how I be, and I don't need my friends to necessarily be hyper femme, but I do want my friends to be who they say they are consistently, and that just would kind of mess with me a little bit. That you, because particularly because I know that it can be predatory too, and because it has overlapping levels of seediness and sexual type of shit. <laughs> it's just I can't. I it's gonna take me a minute girl I, I don't know i really feel like i've been in a situation where i was talking to somebody and then we got to a point and they told me like you know i used to be trans like i, I don't know why i feel like i've talked to somebody that told me like and it and this was like oh so what you mean used to be? Because see, the next one I'm already like. Usually when they de- when when people detransition, like they get uber masculine, like and it's just like like so, it, and then it just makes me think. Well, is this masculinity a performance too, or is this? Who are you really? Like you know, <laughs> that's very much what it would give for me. And then right. I've had guys. So the, I've had, I've dated, I've, I've, I've dated, I, well, we didn't date, date, but I've been with a guy that then later was a girl. And then that same person detransitioned and then retransitioned and then passed away, unfortunately. But, <laughs> but, 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 but there was a journey in that person's life where they were very femme, very masculine, very femme. Just interesting, just interesting watching the journey of a person. And I'm not, that's why I said I wouldn't be surprised if this, um, I don't was about to say her name, if this individual doesn't go back at some point to being trans because you're still trans. And so this is the reality of it. And this is just my opinion. I'm not a medical professional. I do believe that for some their center, their barometer, and their 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 center on their gender can change. It can fluctuate. I I, I do believe that because I've seen it clearly. I've seen it, so it, it exists. I can't deny that it's a real experience. It exists. However, the fluctuations to me 
particularly if they are kind, if they're continuous or if they're like such wide swings, it indicates to me that maybe there's an identity issue that's beyond a gender dysphoria that's going on too. Cause let's not act like this also doesn't mask sometimes mask people's other people's other identity issues. They may, you know, there are people that <laughs> so low keys. I know some people that I have tra- that transition, and it gives you, it gives very. What are you running from? Like you're not, you're running from something. Like you're running so hard into this that you're really running from something. This isn't even like the microwave transition. Sometimes for me, like, <laughs> right. like. It's like you're running from something, like especially for those girls that microwave transition and then immediately feel like they know everything. It's like you're running from something. You you want a whole identity overnight without any type of lived experience behind it. Like, what are you running from? And a lot of times you will see those individuals will then get real, real, real tranny, real pro-surgery, pro-everything. And then like this this person we're talking about, they would just disappear. And it's really sad. Poteen, poteen, poteen. But God bless you and be well in your journey. Sis, I think this has been another episode. What you think? Yeah, I think we've done another episode. Um, So sis, take us on out of here. This has been another weekly wonderful episode of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. And we want you to we want you to know we see you and we thank you. Please pay attention to our Patreon page. For our patrons, we have some wonderful things coming. So you guys stay tuned. Also, thank you for everyone for going to our social media pages and like, following, and subscribes. And I'm going to give it to Brianna in a moment so she can tell you a little bit about what we're doing for our one-year anniversary before we head out. So our one-year anniversary will be hosted by Amani Damzad. So we can't, we cannot wait to record it, and we can't wait for you guys to listen to it. But we just want to do something um, lighthearted and just um, reflect, and just have somebody ask us some important questions to just reflect on this journey over this past year and where we're trying to take the podcast in the next year and we really hope you guys enjoy the anniversary episode and i know brianna has additional information to give you now on how to write in oh yeah so just again if you want to send us a letter or a one minute voice message about how about summer pops or podcast has impacted you over the past year, make sure to send those in to box number podcast.com. They will be included in the one year anniversary show. The email is in the show notes for this podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Lioness. And I am Aeon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. And don't forget to become a patron on the Box Number 512 Patreon page, where we have all new exclusive content. And also, don't forget to follow us on our social media, on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages. And also, become a subscriber on our YouTube page. Until next time, bye. Bye.